Yahoo. <laughs> and away we go. Away we go. Hi, I'm Jen Ponton. I'm Lillian Bustle. And this is All the Fucks. All the Fucks. Every last one. It's a podcast where we talk about how our mushy little hearts and all the things that we fill them with. So many things. So much tragedy. I know. So much disappointment. But so, so much laughter. So much laughter. That's really the key. And that's sort of like why you and I vibe so fucking well. I know. Because it's like, despite the shit that we've been through, we process and cope with trauma very similarly. Yes. Yes, for sure. I think we have the same moon sign. I'm almost positive. Ooh, let's do our charts after this. Oh, hell yeah. Yay. We could do a whole, we could do a whole episode on our chart Ooh, comparisons. Yes. I'm almost certain we're both Gemini moons, which is basically like crying and joking through mm, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, hello. No, I don't have any idea how else to be. Like, I don't. I don't. And it's, you know what? It's satisfying. It is. It's real satisfying. It is. It's upsetting to a lot of people. <laughs> right. But you know what? It's literally the only thing that makes sense. So. Yeah. No, I'm the person laughing at a funeral. Always. <laughs> Always. I've been to a lot of funerals. So. So you got to keep it up. You got to keep things light. I know. Keep, keep it moving. It's keep like it being moving. an MC. <laughs> keep it light. Keep it fluffy. That's why you're so good at keep it. Keep it going. But then I'll deliver a eulogy. I'll tear your heart out and then turn it around. And your own heart. And then you'll laugh at yourself. Oh, yeah. Right. I tear my own heart out all the time. Constantly. And then make fun of yourself. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm ridiculous. It's a great way. Of, look, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. No, no, no. It's a great way to be. Yeah. Well, and that's why I think that even though we we keep saying like we're making each other laugh, but I'm other people out there are like us and have the same, you know, terrible things that happen in their lives and and have not become jaded assholes because because, I mean, I'm an asshole, but I'm not jaded. Right. I'm not always an asshole. Sometimes I'm very sweet. You're a great asshole. Thanks. (laughs) You're a dimple with me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Which again, hard to make into a mascot because it looks like a butthole. Which I absolutely had never envisioned until you said it. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, right. I mean, it makes me think of the 80s with like the keep on trucking guy where there was all those weird little like guys with big noses and feet. Yeah, or like yeah. the Kilroy was here guy where he's like hanging over a fence. What are you doing on the other side of that fence? First of all, what is going on? Well, he doesn't have his hands. So there's no. that. Oh, I thought it was hands in the nose. No, no, no. What I mean is like his oh, hands are on not, the wall and he's not using. You don't know that those are his hands. That's true. You don't know what else is going on down there. Who's a lot of things can happen on the other side of the wall. <laughs> a cautionary tale from all the fucks. <laughs> Who's behind Kilroy? <laughs> all hands on deck. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like, like a weird, like you would get a greeting card from someone. They had those weird cards and Spencers that were like slightly inappropriate where it was like, you, you're you an old fart now. Right, right, right. And it would be like a butthole on legs just being like, happy birthday, you're 40. <laughs> Nowadays, it would actually have a chip in it that played something. <laughs> just a whole recording of farts. Endless farts. N- with MIDI in the background. I would buy you that card. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I mean, if clearly there's a, a hole in the market. <laughs> Zing, zing. <laughs> the party never stops here. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, Amazing. speaking of the 80s, um, one of the things we wanted to talk about is um, the stories that made us who we are, like books and TV shows and movies that were things that we were either super into or things that made a huge impact on our lives. 
behind every traumatized, mildly coping adult mm. is a whole slew of formative fiction yes. in most cases. Um, and I absolutely gravitated towards horror. I mm. still gravitate towards horror. I, you had mentioned, uh, you had mentioned earlier on that you saw Poltergeist when you were five. Yes. I saw Chucky when I was five. I never saw Chucky. Well, wow. you you should be damn happy you never saw it as a kid. At, at because five, because that was when the My Buddy dolls were out. Uh-huh. And they were everywhere. They were everywhere. And um, my dad had rented the VHS copy. And he was sitting alone in the living room watching it. It was fairly early on. Okay. Like, I think it was... For listeners, it was like the toy. It was the toy store chase scene when the actual um, antagonist, Brad Dourif. I don't know who that is. You you would know his face in Return of the King. He is Worm. Wait, you're really not helping. I'm not. No, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting lost. I don't know a lot of Lord of the He's Rings Worm stuff Tongue. Either. He's sure. Worm Tongue. I know Worm Tail. That's a different. That franchise. was what I was gonna say. Oh, <laughs> but it's not Wormtail. It's Wormtongue. Okay, he's Wormtongue, and he's in um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I'm really bad with actors. Like, yeah, I'm really bad with actors. Anyway, he's the antagonist, and it's the chase scene. He's in the toy store, and I and I'm and I walk in, and I'm. Five. Wait, are we rooting for Chucky? Who's? What do you mean the antagonist? Uh, no, this is so the whole. The whole story behind Chucky is that the dolls are fine. Okay. But this guy who is a – he's a murderer. He's a strangler. Okay. He is on the run and the cops are about to catch him. Mm-hmm. And he hides in like a big Toys R Us basically. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> and, I made myself choke. <laughs> and the top cop um, shoots him and while while – this is where it becomes a little bit convoluted because you then learn that like this murderer is also sort of like a a black magic voodoo practitioner. And so he is able. (laughs) Of course he is. Yeah. Right. So he's able to chant this incantation as he's holding on to a, to a, um, my, my buddy. Yeah. My buddy. Well, yeah, but it wasn't the real one. Of course not. Um, Damn. Wow. My Chucky? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. No, because Chucky is hit just his name because he's Charles whatever. Oh. Like m- murderer Charles. What's his face? Anyway, so he holds Oh, the on. murderer goes into the doll? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. So he dies and he, he incants his spirit into this doll and- Oh, I dig it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, somebody- And the doll ends up in like- um, the doll ends up in like a dumpster, but then some guys just he, you know, he dumpster dives for it and he's selling it on the street. Right. Um, so the yeah, the murderer's soul goes into a good guy doll, and that doll gets discarded, but it's dumpster it's dumpster dough. Sure. And then you know, this sort of like sideways dude is selling it on the street to a poor, unsuspecting single mom who doesn't have a lot of money and it's Christmas time or it's his birthday. It's his birthday. Let's write Christmas. horror movies together. Oh, God. We'd be so good. I know. Anyway, um, that that's how little Andy ends up with oh Chucky because his mom was trying to oh. just scrape by and get him something. They were all sold out. So she, have a dumpster doll. Have a dumpster doll. Well, don't, don't have a dumpster no, no. doll. No, no. That's the cautionary tale. Right. 
So, but your dad is, you walk in so and your dad. So my dad is watching it and I'm like, hey dad, what are you watching? And he's like, it's a story about a doll. You want to come sit down? And I'm like, dad. Yeah. So I Parenting. sat there. Oh my God. And he had to know what he was doing. Of course he did. Of, of course, course he, he did. did. And I sat there and I took into my <laughs> poor delicate little brain. All my neurons are like firing in a an erratic, terrified manner. And from then on, I could not go to bed without staring up at all of my stuffed animals and wondering which one of them was going to come oh. alive and kill me. Oh, in bed. Yowz. I uh, I would have that if at sleepovers at other people's. I trusted my stuffies because I knew all of them. Yeah. We hung out all the time. Yeah. But yeah, no, I would do that with other, especially the big clowns, but that's definitely obviously from Poltergeist. Wait a minute. But who, what? Hold on. Did you know kids with big clowns? Um, not big clown dolls, but I had a couple friends that collected clowns. Do you remember there was a period of time where everybody was doing like the Pierrot dolls, right? The, the mimey thing with the roughy rough. Right. Yeah. So that like crossed over with clowns a lot of people. Yes. But not, I mean, if you, they also like showed up as weird statues at the dollar store, right? Like Chinese (laughs) knockoffs of whatever is cool. Right. Um. Pastels. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, I don't have a fear of clowns in general, but like, I don't. Don't, you don't not have don't, a fear. Right. I don't trust all <laughs> inanimate objects is what I'm saying. Well, uh, if you watch the It miniseries, like, you're done. Oh, man. I, so, yeah. So, I watched the It miniseries by myself, like, on my mom's tiny black and white TV. <gasps> Teeny tiny. And, no, like, no, when it, it came wasn't. Out? Yeah. On TV. Yeah. Oh, my God. Nobody else just wanted to, nobody wanted to watch it with me. It wasn't like I was sneaking it. Everybody was like, whatever, go watch in the other room. And I was like, okay. So then I was like by myself in the big master bedroom watching it, like snuckled up close to this tiny ass TV. It was so black and white. So you would have been like 11. Yeah, I think so. Shit. And then I wore, um, then I wore, then I read it later on. And, you know, there's so much about it that's even more horrifying by far. For sure. Um, but yeah, I never, I was never into, I was never into Stephen King and I was never into the Anne Rice books that were not strictly pornography. Oh, I never got into them either. That was not my thing. I don't know why, if I realized that they were almost porn, I absolutely would have been reading them. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, but I, my friend, my friend Chris in college was carrying around one of the beauty books, just like walking around with them. Do you know about this? So there's a little franchise, uh, Anne Rice's beauty series, um, I believe it's just about, I think it's about a girl who gets kidnapped and becomes a sex slave, a snack slave. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's shit. a whole other thing. There's no vampires in it at all. I think that there might be centaurs though. Oh, okay. yay. Yep. That's unlocking some stuff. <laughs> but yeah, he was wandering around with it and I, I just picked it up at lunch and I flipped through it and I was like, holy Moses, like this is totally erotica. You're just wandering around with it. And he was like, nobody else knows what it is. <laughs> and he was right. right. And he was right. And I was like, that's amazing. Add to reading. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> uh, yeah, but <laughs> I never read I never read a whole lot of Stephen King and things. I remember with the It miniseries, I was too little to watch it when it was on TV, but as soon as it came out on VHS, it was, you know, it was enough in the collective unconscious that I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this in. And mm-hmm. so when I I saw it for the first time when I was like eight, and it indelibly imprinted on my brain. Sure. First of all, I will never not love Tim Curry. Oh, I know. And Same. that, of course, was my entree to Tim Curry. Because yes. Because too young for Rocky. Right. But as soon as Rocky came out, I was like, 
oh, or was this. introduced to me, sure, um, I was like, oh, a different color, and I like both of them. Yes. <laughs> yep. Makes so much sense. Yeah. Why? Because there was something. He was seductive as the clown. It was yeah. a seduction. Yeah. 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 And same yeah, with there, um, Jareth and Labyrinth. Be. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, like the the priority the the vaulting of these totally controlling obsessive oh that was a through line in so many yeah young adult things for sure yeah but like how do you say no to jareth i know and i never understood why sarah did no she didn't like like that baby no who liked toby i'm sorry toby (laughs) is actually a real person i know i know and toby was the son of like one of um henson's team and Mm. toby is now part of Henson's I know it's adorable I love that yeah right so like okay Toby but also mm. if I were Sarah I just would have wanted to wear that bubble gown forever. I know stay in the stay in the weird worm peach land absolutely stay in there. I'm sorry that's life yeah <laughs> that's like an yeah. ideal life too bad dudes I don't get it I don't get it and he's singing to her like the world Jesus another soundtrack I own oh yeah course. yeah um, and that same time period for me was Never Ending Story, mm-hmm. which I still I think still holds up. And if you have you ever read the book? No, oh, it's beautiful. Really? And it's got the Orin on the cover, <gasps> the snakes. Ooh. Oh, it's really really good. Is it like even young adult, or it's just like I don't know. Um, I don't think so. And then, but it and then it talks about what happens after he reinvents the world like the wishes that he makes ah it's so good um but yeah like I feel like those things meshed with like dark crystal and princess bride that's like a just like that's like solidly my childhood Mm, legend another okay Jesus Christ so I I actually had a hard time following legend and I think part of it was because I never liked Tom Cruise (laughs) he's so doofy um and also I have a hard time with movies that are visually dark like E.T. like movies that where it's like nighttime or dark the whole time absolutely um uh or too much of any color really like the first Star Wars movie too beige too much sand um (laughs) I will, I will fight to the death on that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the dark, the dark, dark ones. Um, like it, it, dark crystals, fine because there's so much color and so much sparkle in it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a very textured. Yeah, film. but I feel whatever film was doing at that time just wasn't. It wasn't amenable to such a dark. Right. Yeah. Also, part of it was that I I desperately needed glasses by five and a half. So anything that I saw before five and a half, I probably didn't actually see. Oh. (laughs) It's because I read in – well, I don't know. It's because my dad had genetically shit eyes. Um, But it wasn't helped by – No. I would like – I would – we would go on long car trips and I would read – did you read comics ever? No. I read dumb ones that you don't follow. I read like a bunch of Archie ones and like – my dad's little Lulu ones, little like, Lulu. Oh um, and dot, like those that ilk, yes, of nonsense. Um, but I would like I remember being in the car and holding it up so that I could see in the in the light of the headlights behind our car. Oh, and no. I remember my parents yelling at me to stop doing it, it and just go to sleep. Your eyes, <laughs> and then I started watching TV closer and closer and closer. Oh, uh, and that's when they were like, "Oh, maybe you're blind." No. 
<laughs> but thank you. Thank you to modern medicine because now I can wear contacts. Uh, but yeah, I read I read all the time. I read all the time. Um, but I didn't read Never Ending Story until I was a grown up. Don gave it to me. Now I'm excited to read it. That's I think I have a copy. You can borrow it. Yay. Yay. Half of my library is books that you have passed on to me. All right. <laughs> um, I was reading constantly. It was like the only social option that I had. Mm. And that was fine. I was such a happy reader. In fact. Oh, yeah. We get lost. Mm. I get lost. I got the Enthusiastic Reader Award <gasps> when I was six years old. Oh. Our county, like who knows how oh, they were doing it, whether me. it was through teachers or librarians or whatever. And with Pizza Hut and the yes. reading, I oh, yeah, we had got that personal pan pizza oh, every damn time. I can taste it right now. Oh, that was really good. There was nothing quite as satisfying as a hard one. <laughs> we earned those pizzas. We did. What did they call it? The reading... Mm, I know you're all like screaming it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. It's fine. Summer reading for a pizza program. Yeah. It was the shit. And to that end, we locally did one called the Enthusiastic Reader Program. My cute first grade, maybe second grade. And um, whether teachers were nominating you or your county librarians or your school librarians, I was by far and away, the one that was like, okay, we're, we're giving this to Jennifer. Yay. <laughs> Let's just give her a, And I got to pick up a book, and I picked up Berenstain Bears book. Oh, yay. Which, by the way, I was part of the people who thought it was Berenstain Bears, but it is Berenstain. Did you I, hear about that whole thing? I, no. Like, but I, as a kid, I said Berenstain. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was always Berenstain, and I grew up thinking it was Berenstain, as many other people did. Does it use an A? Berenstain. Yeah, it yeah. does. I definitely said Berenstein as a kid. Yeah. Is it like I think a we new all did. matter? It's of one of those things. It's um, discourse. No, no, it's in, um, you know, things that you thought happened but didn't happen. I can't oh, remember no. what that phenomenon's called. Oh. Like how everybody thought that there was this. Um, I have to look it up now because that's okay. Um, Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's going to get stuck in your brain. Shazam movie with Shaq. Yeah. <gasps> Wait, why is it about Shazam? Uh, so it's not. It's. It was Kazam. It was. With Shaq. But people think that there was a Shazam movie with not Cedric the Entertainer, but somebody else. What? Fuck. Hang on a second. Berenstein Bears, Berenstein Bears. Hmm. Fuck you. I'm not finding You're useless. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Mandela effect. Oh. So, uh, yeah, Mandela effect, where you you have memories of something being a specific way, but they're not. That's never been that way. Like Berenstain has always been Berenstain. That's an that's an evergreen thing in my life. Oh, same. Yeah. I've never not felt that way. Yep. Mandela effect. I don't know why it's called that. Probably not after Nelson Mandela. It's like Mandela. Oh, uh, maybe. Like um like those things that you those psychological tools that you do? Like mandalas? Oh, I thought I thought um uh mandala was the sand paintings. They are, but oh. they but they're used as like a psychological thing. Oh. Whether it's for therapeutic purposes or I don't know. Huh. But yeah, it's a phenomenon that makes us question even the most mundane memories from the past. Yeah. 
That. Wait, what were we applying that to? Uh, Berenstain and Berenstain oh, yeah. Recently, we just had that with Depends diapers. Okay, here's the thing. They're now branded as Depend. They did used to be Depends, but Don, it took Don and I a long time because they have scrubbed any <gasps> any reference of Depends from their what? from their marketing. So you can get references like that people would have talked about, but like from the actual company, it's now Depend. What? Why? Depend, Why would you know. do that? Yeah. That feels like throwing money into a hole it for something no that will never that will never assist you yeah. for the rest of your life as a corporation. Nope. Doesn't make sense. But anyway, there you go. <laughs> there wow. You go. Uh, but yeah, books from our childhood. Oh, my God. You go. I feel like I've been running my mouth. Uh, la, 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 la. Um, we, wa- we want to talk to you collectively about Wheatsy Bet. Yes. And how important Wheatsy Bet is in the life of a, of a young a weirdo. Weirdo. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Um, so Francesca Lea Block is this prolifically beautiful and lush writer. And um, everything that she writes is just very sensual and tangible. Mm. You see it, you feel it, you smell it, you taste it, everything. Um, everything's poetry. Yeah. And she writes about very poetic things. She writes about taste. She writes about flowers and colors and clothing and music and and all of those things that you feel in vivid color when you're that age right when you're like 13 to 16 and everything hurts but also tastes good and feels good yeah but also hurts yeah and she does that so beautifully throughout her life so she has harnessed that as a lifelong skill and um I found Wheatsy Bat which came out in the 80s I found Wheatsy Bat for the first time when I was like 11 and I was at my cousin's house just hanging, and it was like one of the first editions, so it was still in its like 80s print. Nice. And I was like, what's this? And I read it, and I just fell into this magical wonderland oh, hole. It sucks you in so fast. So quickly. And it, it's uh, all, everything she writes is a love letter to Los Angeles, mm. which means nothing, and certainly meant nothing to you or I no, at not the at time. All. Like, but I, I felt like I could experience it. Absolutely, I was like, "Oh, neon signs and weird hot dogs and yeah, a, a convertible and yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and like rad punk music everywhere you yes. wanted it to be. But whatever clothes you wanted to wear, and everybody was creative, and everybody was brilliant, and everyone was romantic. Yes, um, it's so romantic, so romantic. In all the senses, mm-hmm. in like just leading a, rom- a romantic, zestful life, mm-hmm. like all of it, and with great queer stuff thrown in there. Yeah, great it queer was like, surprise. Look at all these fun gay people, and like interracial stuff, and like mm-hmm. just super groovy. Everything was just groovy and mysterious, magical. Yeah, magic is like at the forefront of her work. Yeah. And when I read her books. I was like, oh my God, maybe I could have this much autonomy and this much magic I in my know. life. Oh. And I had it. Oh. And I'm like, I think I started calling that in later. But I think I think reading Francesca Lea Block really helped me harness who I was in a yes. you know, like yes. it. Yep. I was like, she was super weird and she did just fine. Oh my god, she's doing great, and they're turning Wheatsy Bad into a movie. But I didn't realize it was like a period piece when I read it in the like early '90s that it was so supposed to be so specifically '80s. Yeah, right. Like right. Um, that, uh, the idea of people being punk in Virginia, where I lived, in like 
the early 90s Saved by the Bell time. <laughs> like it was so appealing to me. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's so dangerous and awesome. I just want to be all that. <laughs> um, but also she wrote about loneliness in a way that was really compelling to me. Like, because Wheatsy's folks weren't really around, right? Or her dad wasn't around? Her mom was, her dad. Right, she finds her dad later. Died. Her dad dies in a later book. Wait. I don't remember. But parents aren't like a big thing in her life. It's her grandma. It's her grandma's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Grandma Fifi. But she has to figure out a lot of stuff on her own, which is kind of what makes her punk. Mm-hmm. I could read reread all of this. So I don't remember how I got it, but I remember the first copy that I had had the cover ripped off. So it was either one of those ones where it was like damaged out from something or I just got it from someone who was careless. Oh. So, but it, either way, it was like well-loved before I got it. Yeah. I Either my mom was like, this looks interesting, here you go, or my friend Jessica, who I talked about in the camp episode a lot, um, gave it to me. Jessica and I, this became a huge part of our lives. We too bad. Like it, all of her little colloquialisms sunk into our day-to-day verbiage. Yes. Um, and like – for me, Jessica kind of turned into Wheatsy, and it was it was oh, it was really cool. Like it was just God, cool because again, that. she was like writing poetry in her clothes and stuff. Like oh. she was she was way more punk than I was, um, and that's okay. I feel like there's a lot of that where you like you need somebody else to take the lead and to be like, sure, you know, here's some music that you should listen to, and it's okay to do this with your hair. Like you can do whatever you want. Um, and along the same lines as the Wheatsy Bat books, but I found earlier was um, a series called The Secret of the Unicorn Queen. Tell me what it's about. Sure. Uh, uh, This girl named Sheila, teenager, um, is friends with an eccentric scientist inventor guy. Because like every teenage girl does. But she was like doing a practicum after school. So she went over to his place and he had been working on this project and the cat trips her and she falls through this molecular acceleration transport device. Oh, is that unlocking something for you? Holy fuck, yeah. So she falls into this land where she literally gets found by a pack of women warriors who ride unicorns. And there's only one dude. And uh, I think Illyria is the name of the main lady. And her boyfriend has to live half of his life as an eagle and can only be a guy like half the year. And so they think she's a wizard because she's got all this stuff in her backpack, like a flashlight and a tape recorder. And they actually need to fight an actual wizard with her. Right? Yeah. That's the shit. It's like making my nipples hard just talking about it. (laughs) I read those books so many times and there's, there's so, there's so many of them and the um, cover art is really cool. Oh, but it's really weird that it was written by different women. I think it was like female authors who were just like, let's write this together. Oh my God. But they were good. They were really good. They were so my it was favorites. like an early fanfic. Uh, oh yeah. Maybe. Almost, right. Like, like those collect or like, or like VC Andrews. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. I found B.C. Andrews as an adult. I love it. I still have never read any. Oh, my I God. I picked up – shit you not. Uh, you know, so in New York, you'll just see tables of used books out and people selling yeah, yeah. on the corner. I finally picked up a copy of Flowers in the Attic, and when I started to read it, I realized that every sixth page had half the page cut out of it. Like, literally, someone had gone in with an X-Acto knife, cheap, 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 and I guess cut out their favorite parts. Who knows? Seemed like some serial killer shit to me. <laughs> I don't know, to paste in their black and white composition books. Oh, my God. So, anyway, I still have not read any. And those would not just be the hot passages, No, it started, like, six pages in. I was like, nobody's having sex in an attic yet. Oh, my God. Um, They're so trashy. They're so trashy. But everyone read them so young. Yeah. People were reading them in, like, fifth or sixth grade. 
Right. right. I was definitely not. No, I had heard of, I'd heard tell of it for a long time. And I finally read it when I was like 24. Mm. And I'm like, whatever. I'm a grown ass woman. I'm, <laughs> I'll go find. And I think I found them. Did I take them from the library? Maybe I did. Maybe I took them out of the library. Nice. And, um, and yeah, they're super duper trashy. They're very weirdly um, puritanical, uh, as in, not as in you get the sense that that's her, that's her position, mm. but she uses like puritanical, archaic, bizarre, like uh, uh, um, uh, corporeal, like flagellation as oh like the antagonistic like Arthur Dimsdale shit <laughs> I have Scarlet not letter no. yeah, yeah yeah a yeah. little bit a little bit wow. um yeah it's yes everybody who is sort of like the the force of evil is super duper puritanical and like if you look at each other like that I'm gonna throw you in the attic and I'm gonna scald uh, you in hot water right god so that's obnoxious because it's like why are we putting more Logs on that fire. However, yeah. <laughs> however, if you don't have siblings, Fair it's a hot fucking book. Fair <laughs> enough. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, again. Oh, there was, oh, shit. Christopher Pike. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I read some Christopher Pike. Oh, my God. There was this one where it was two, it was a brother and sister. They both had dark hair. They were new at the school, and everybody's like, ooh, they're twins, whatever. And then somebody, like, comes over to their house. They don't know that they're there. And she sees them making out. And it turns out that they're aliens from another planet that are, like, pretending to be teenagers. But until – you don't know that for a while. So then you're like, oh, they're making out. They're the hot twins that are new to school. What? Christopher Pike Did was, you cut those pages out? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just wore holes in them. <laughs> dog eared cracked the spine oh my god um no but his his stuff that's the only horror i was ever into that's so weird that's so weird and specific. probably because they were really sexy they were all really sexy christopher pike was 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 definitely on the sexier trashier spectrum of like i read a ton of rl stein uh-huh i read so much rl stein and I felt like that was not as present an energy. No, it was there. like Goosebumps and stuff, right? Well, he did Goosebumps, but then he also did... Oh, wait. Fear he, Street. Yes. I read so much Fear Street. I only, I only read a couple of those. I was more into Christopher Pike, but... Christopher Pike was, was, they were was the definitely same like... They were like in the same place. They were. Yeah. Right. They were on the same shelves or like twirling wire racks. <laughs> oh, those that's where I got those books. I love, yeah, because they put all the paperbacks on the mm-hmm. weird wire racks because they weren't really in any order. Right. <laughs> right. And I was just like, read that, read that, read that, read that, read that. That's Christopher yes. Pike. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, did you read any E.L. Koningsberg? Um, 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 I don't think so. Hang on a second. Oh, Crazy Mixed Up Files of Ms. Basley Frank Waller. No. Oh, man. Maybe? It's about these two kids who run away and they hide in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Oh. Because they're trying to solve some kind of a mystery about a painting. That's not <gasps> How delightful is it? I mean, it's in a world where there's no security cameras. That's yeah. for sure. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, so many things from that era don't just don't work anymore. Um, right. But yeah, that and, um, oh, Judy Bloom, which I was not supposed to read. Did you I read any read Judy Bloom? I did. I read, uh, yeah, yeah. I read the Ramona books. Oh, wait. Is that Judy Bloom? Maybe yeah. I'm thinking of the... Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Also, she also did the Ramona books. Uh huh. I think so. I'm almost certain. 
So I was allowed to read the Ramona books. I read all those. I loved Henry and Beezus. Like I loved because they were for the younger kids. They were. Do you, I remember there was one weird storyline where like, um, the dad had forgotten to turn the crock pot on at the beginning of the day, so they came home and there was no like dinner wasn't this ready. Just raw carrots. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this corn is raw. <laughs> um, uh, so then the dad makes pancakes and he doesn't make them right, and they're still raw in the middle. And the, the mom, like, slashes open the pancakes and the raw stuff oozes out because they're fighting about whether they're done or not. I was like, that's – for some reason, that, like, really scared me. I was like, parents would have a fight and then, like, rip up food in front of each Why other. Why would you have a fight about breakfast? <laughs> it was dinner. That was the problem. They were having breakfast for dinner because the food wasn't ready. That's called the best part of adulthood. I, I don't know. see what the issue is, uh-uh. Mrs. Ramona. Nope. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But the the I remember specifically I was forbidden to read Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. I never read it, but I didn't feel compelled to read it. I only felt compelled to read it because I was told not to read I it. Until you can. It was not very well written. It's like the worst possible presentation of someone getting their period for the first time, and it was anachronistic. That's because what Carrie's I- for. Oh, <laughs> I read Carrie. Of course, I did. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> period stuff. That's a whole other podcast. Period stuff. Period stuff. Oh, but yeah, um, I remember feeling very like woo about I hid the book and then my mom found it in my fucking backpack when I was taking it back to school. We had it in oh, our classroom. No. Right. Um, and then there was another one called Then Again, Maybe I Won't. And it was about this boy peeping on his neighbor girl and whacking off. Really? Yep. Who wrote that? Judy Bloom. Christopher Pike. Christopher Pike. <laughs> oh, man. I would like that mashup. Christopher Pike, Judy oh, Bloom yeah. collaboration right. with a little Twilight Thark choreography. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Peter Gallagher. <laughs> done and done. <laughs> I, um, I read... Mostly horror, but there's like one, there's one big picture book that sticks out to me right now. And it was called The Magic Room. (gasps) And it was about this little girl named Phoebe. But I was reading, I was reading aloud. But I was, you know, I was reading aloud by the time I was five or six. Mm -hmm. And so when it came time to read books at night, I didn't have people read them to me at bedtime. I read them to my mom usually. And so I would read The Magic Room constantly and I pronounced Phoebe phobe and my mom's like I'm pretty sure it's Phoebe and I'm like no I'm looking at it on the page p-h-o-e-b-e phobe <laughs> come on mom it's phobe so phobe um when she goes to bed at night she discovers like she sneaks out of her room and she discovers that in the basement her parents have like a magic room <sighs> where there are giant bunnies oh Wow. Okay, that's where that seed got planted. All right. Cool. Cool. Checking in on that. Um, there are giant bunnies, and <laughs> we should keep a whiteboard for all the notes that oh, we need to remind Jesus, ourselves of. Jesus, right? Every like door that comes unhinged in <laughs> these majestic journeys. Mm. Uh, uh, and and like plants that grow to Amazonian sizes. And, oh gosh. Um, and she and her parents are like, "You found the magic room." Come make magic. And Phoebe is like, okay. And so, you know. Where are you hiding this room from us, mom? Right. right. And, um, and like, they let her make magic for a certain amount of time until it becomes uh, untenable. And I don't remember if it's, like, her parents 
like something dangerous happens and mm-hmm. she has to save her parents or I can't recall exactly, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know. I loved the idea of being complicit with my parents and making something fun and like being allowed to go to the party and like yeah. big giant bunnies just waiting in the basement. Oh man, that's amazing. Right? That's amazing. What did you say? Oh, when you were talking about the unicorn books, the unicorn queen, mm. queens. Unicorn queens? Just one. Just one. The secret of the unicorn queen. Oh my God. And you have a unicorn thing because what's your, what's, uh, is it the last unicorn? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I actually am not, I was never a horse girl. Um, I, I was totally a I horse girl. I drew unicorns some. Um, they weren't a fixation for me. Um, I had a weird beaver thing for a while, which <laughs> later on. Later on, when that, I was like, oh, nobody told me, huh? Nope, the grown-ups thought that was real funny. <laughs> I just had a, I literally had stuffed beavers. Like, thanks, I just had it stuffed. Not like a taxidermy, but like, I had like beanie baby like beavers. I, yeah, yeah. I'm not helping the cause. No. Nope. <laughs> but again. And the manatees I liked a lot. No one tried to gently reroute you. No. At a point at which it probably would have been good. No, it's fine. <laughs> It's fine. I mean, I owned it after I realized, but sure, yeah. Um, right. But yeah, no, 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 the last unicorn. Wait, so I watched. Did I watch that with you? No, no, I watched it with my friend Randy um, as a grown up because she wasn't allowed to watch it. She grew up in a very like Baptisty sort of family, so she wasn't allowed to watch it. And then she was kind of like, eh. <laughs> There's movies like that. Oh, we watched Goonies with you. Yeah. And Andrew was not about it. No, but he likes it now. Oh, does he? He does. He was ready to poke holes in all that oh, plot. He's just. No, no, no. It's <laughs> well. I mean, he, he's not wrong. Like, no, he's not the, wrong. The movie makes zero sense, but was also a huge part of my childhood. Absolutely. The last unicorn. That was, I think, the first time I understood what melancholy was. Like that very specific. Like she's she's a unicorn, and then she's a girl, and she's like, I can feel my body dying all around me. And then there's this woman, like the unicorn comes to her and she's like, I'm an old woman now. Why didn't you come to me when I was a beautiful young woman? Like, don't, I don't even want you to see me like this. I'm about to cry. Oh, oh my God. It's so good. And it's so dark. Oh, oh, it's so good. And then there's this, I always screw this up. I think Jeff Bridges is one of the voices. Somebody who's the prince. It's Mia Farrow is the girl. Oh shit. And whoever the prince is sing, he shouldn't be singing. It was back in that time period where they're like, this famous person should obviously right, sing right, their own right. stuff. And he's like, uh, oh, this, oh, no, it's terrible. I can't even sing any of it for you. Um, I have that soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, it's just so, like, there's a whole, I almost flipped my shit. So um, B-Pal, the Black Phoenix Alchemy yeah. Lab sense, they came out with a, a line from The Last Unicorn. And I was like, take all my money. And are they amazing? I Which mean, one is nicest? So the problem is I, I I don't really remember because I don't wear them very well. <sighs> they um, somehow travel. Like if I put them on my pulse points, I wind up somehow getting them into my eyes and my mouth. No. I know. I don't know what's wrong with That's me. That's not fair. Nope. It's not. <laughs> Why are you so weird? I don't know. <laughs> Stop licking your armpits and wrists. <laughs> and in between your cleavage. And rubbing it in your eye. No, I don't know. I yeah. That's but they were cool. definitely something to spend your money on. Licking my own cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> I get that for free. <laughs> I just had so much fun looking through their descriptions. Their descriptions right, right. And then <sighs> I wanted everything, and I'm like, oh, it's so good that I'm just reading because I can't not want I all know. of this. Yeah. 
Impossible. Yep, those in the Peterman catalogs, I think, are by yeah. far and away like the best descriptions of oh things. My God. Which weirdly were also a part of my childhood. Like that I is, really liked of course pouring over them. They are they are so charming. And they were romantic. They were so while. romantic. Yeah. It's like like a guy and oh, you know what else I <laughs> and it's all just like under big pouty lipped guys in, in like um onesies. <laughs> Before onesies were cool for guys. Uh, no, I just need pictures. Um, but yeah, I remember I dropped something in the garbage at our um, uh, post office, and I was like, "Oops!" And I went to fish it out, and I grabbed a copy of International Mail with it that was in the garbage, and I was like, "What is this?" And then I was like, "Oh, oh my god!" Oh, I guess I'll have to go looking in the trash at the. <laughs> <laughs> At the post office all the time. Were their descriptions similar in like? Oh, it was less about the descriptions than just the pictures. It sure. was like ripped dudes with underwear that was very outlining their junk. Almost like their version of Fredericks of Hollywood. Yes. Sure. Yes. Nice. <laughs> That's delightful. Are there any like cartoony special things that stand oh, out for you? Oh my god! Yes. Yes. Cartoon all stars say no to drugs. Oh, I don't know that, what that mean is. anything to you. Cartoon All Stars rings a bell, but okay. Wait, wait, was wait. the whole series about saying no to drugs, or was it just because wasn't it like all of the different cartoon series people coming together in a cartoon series? Was it like Super Friends? Okay, I want to be real specific on this because most of these people will remember this. It was called Car- Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue. What year was it? Nineteen ninety. Okay. Can I see the cover art? Yeah, yeah, totally. Can you read that? Uh, can you make that out? You've got oh. Muppet Babies. Oh, yeah. Right? You've got uh-huh. Muppet Babies. You've got Pooh. God, I love the Muppet Babies. Hell yeah. You've got the Chipmunks. You've got Everybody Warner Brothers. You've got Alf. I have not Slimer. seen this. Alf. Oh, my God. It's The so Alf cartoon good. was so good. Did you watch the Alf cartoon? I did watch the Alf cartoon. That was also dark and weird. Yeah. There's Garfield the and Friends. It's Beetlejuice cartoon. Um, so, Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue was a giant it was basically a giant after school special it was all animated and i can't tell you how many times and ways this would have come across the path of uh, of a child in the early 90s because it wasn't just on tv it was also on VHS and we had to watch it in school uh, at least once probably through dare probably through health class oh yeah for sure right it was it was. It had an intro from President um, uh, f- from President Bush number one. Sure. From Barbara Bush. It was. Um, it was produced by the Television Academy. Oh my God! It was financed by McDonald's, and it was composed by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. Shut up! What? So wow. This is the reefer wow, madness. Wow! 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 Of 1990. Wow. Because, of course, um, our protagonist, Michael, is, like, hustled down an alley and given drugs. And it's weed. And um, he starts stealing his dad's beer. And his little sister, who's, like, straight up Drew Barrymore in overalls and pigtails. Mm -hmm. um, His sister is super worried about her – is worried about him. What a narc. Such a narc. He steals her piggy bank to get more weed, and she's so upset that all the cartoons that she loves come to life to help her out. 
wow, this is manipulative. It's real manipulative. So um, the all the cartoons that you have ever known forever go through Michael's room and they find his stash of weed and they decide to basically <gasps> who is who finds it Garfield. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. This is so fascinating to me. Simon. Simon as in one of the... Also a narc. Totally. Yes, Simon the chipmunk. Give me a break. He was such a downer. That guy, what a dick. Simon finds a box under Michael's bed. And the kiddo, while all the other characters go to find Michael, the one that stays with the little sister is Pooh Bear. Of course Pooh does. Of course he does. And, like, of course Pooh is also the one that has no clue of what, like, he's just roly-poly and clueless and just like, Corey, don't worry. Also, <laughs> if I may, sorry, I went to get a beer. Um, uh, that is in, it, hypocritical because Pooh is fucking addicted to honey. Look at all the crazy shit he does. He winds up, he winds up stuck in a wall. He's like riding a honey pot in through a hurricane. Do you remember that? Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not trying to shame anybody. No, no. No, no, no. But it's I'm solid. just saying, if you're going to be a sugar addict like that, don't look down at other people's weed. Rude. I mean, right. And Pooh was also very non-judgmental in general. Right. Right, yeah. So I can see as a companion, sure. Yeah, yeah. He was a good companion. Maybe he, was, maybe he felt guilty and related and was just like, oh, they're there. Yes. You're going to go through this one day, too. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back in about seven years. After these messages. (laughs) We'll be right back. (laughs) So, um... So all the all the characters go to find um, Michael. They see him at a, an arcade with his new like bad friends. And That's where the bad friends hang out. Absolutely. And <laughs> a char- a brand new character is basically a, a personified version of Smoke, and he looks like a giant smoke cloud. So it's like I don't know. It's a little like a, an evil version of Genie from Aladdin. Okay. All right. And Smoke uh, is. I can't you believe know, I missed all of this entirely. Ooh, and like you were definitely yes. young enough that yep. it still that would have been age. Solidly, yes. Yeah. More so for you. Because you yeah. You would have been my friends were trying drugs already. <laughs> That's right. Um so <laughs> I'm gonna read this. Uh the friends run out and are chased into an alley by a policeman who is revealed to be Bugs Bunny wearing a policeman's hat. Bugs traps smoke in a garbage can and uses a time machine he borrowed from Wile E. Coyote to see how and when Michael's addiction started. He became addicted to drugs through peer pressure by older high school kids. When Michael returns to the present, he meets up with his quote-unquote friends, and they decide they want to do some crack. Oh, yeah. Because that's the natural progression that's of things. That's the natural progression. What has he got? He's bought weed like twice? Yeah. Right. Come on. He is hesitant until one of the kids steals his wallet. He and Smoke chase after her until they fall down a manhole and meet up with Michelangelo, who tells them that the drugs are messing up his brain. Soon after, the Muppet Babies take him on a tour of the human brain, and Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Tigger... And the rest of them teach him the this wonderful. This is a mind fuck and a Oh, half. yeah. Oh, yeah. They teach him the many wonderful ways to say no. 
He wakes up in his room, believes the whole thing was a nightmare. His kid sister walks in and tries to talk to him, but he gets real mad and he yells at her. Um, he, he then apologizes, but she runs out crying and she's scared. And he looks at himself in a mirror and is terrified to see Alf looking at him. Alf grabs him and pulls him into the mirror. In a hall of mirrors, Alf shows Michael a reflection of this how is a he, lot. It is a lot. A reflection of how he is today. This is the reflection if he doesn't stop He's taking He's going to look drugs. like Alf. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to look like me in 10 years. <laughs> um, if he does not, he, and, and then what shows up in the mirror is like one of the zombies from Thriller, basically. Oh my word. They're like, it's an aged corpse-like version of himself. When he insists that he can quit if he wants to and he's in charge of his own life, Al takes him to see the man in charge. And he is horrified to see that it is Smoke. Uh, oh, my. Oh, my. Um, Smoke uh, kidnaps Pooh Bear and tries to tempt the kid sister into trying weed. And she reasons that if she does, well, maybe she could have fun with her brother and, and he'll respect her again. Why wasn't this about cigarettes? <laughs> this should have been about cigarettes because Absolutely. all of that is accurate. All you get addicted, you steal fucking money to get cigarettes, <laughs> and then you look like a damn corpse. <laughs> I say this as a smoker who's trying to quit smoking. But, like, that weed, that doesn't happen to anybody. Why no. were they so scared? Why were they? Why were the Republicans in the 80s, 90s so afraid of weed? You know damn well who this is about. And it's not about the white kids who star in this film, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, to see how racially focused it is in hindsight as an adult is oh. horrifying. Does anybody play basketball in it? I I feel like that probably was always one like a, of, a yeah. weird black coated thing. Absolutely. Yes. Um, meanwhile, the drug-induced carnival in Michael's mind <laughs> leads him to Daffy Duck, who reads his future in his crystal ball, and it's an even sicklier version of himself than before. Listen, don't don't tell me the ending of this because I want to get high and watch it. <laughs> uh, yep, there you go. I'm gonna leave you right there. Anyway, oh this was a hugely formative thing, and um, as children who grew up in the in the time of the Dare program, oh yes. Dare was insidious. Yes. Um, and again, to see it now as an adult and who the ramifications actually come down on mm. and what the it, – like, it's horrifying. Nobody gives a shit if, you're, if your middle-class white kids are doing no. weed. Oh, my God. Nobody cares. Uh, well, and all of South Jersey is on cocaine now. <laughs> oh, really? Is that yeah. Thing? Jesus. Yep. All that allowance money going right up their noses. Mm. Great. Good, good, good. Yeah, so um, so that was hugely formative and Jen, very that's bonkers. It's super bonkers. Yeah, so um, that was pretty fucking formative. That's and crazy. again, like based exclusively on um, on repelling bad things in life. So everything is cautionary. Yeah. And to that end, um, do you remember there was okay? So there was there were the original Disney Winnie the Pooh movies <clears throat> in the sixties. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which are great and classic. Then, in the late '80s, there was a new TV sh- animated TV yeah, show. I, I hated it. I never watched it. I liked that one. Um, immediately before that, in the early to mid '80s, there was a creepy. There was a creepy like public service 
public access style studio show hmm. where it was called Welcome to Pooh Corner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember uh-huh. that. And it was all live action people in mascot suits. Yeah, the, the outfit. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very upsetting. Uh, it had a show on Disney. So they did the half hour episodes on Disney, but also they would release some straight to video titles. Oh. And they were all cautionary ones. And the one that I rented all the time and that imprinted on my little lizard brain was a stranger danger one. Oh man. It might've been like, say no to strangers. Did did somebody touch Piglet? Yeah. What? (laughs) Yeah. And because you didn't see anything, all you got were these worried, hushed conversations between Pooh and the other characters and everything was an innuendo and everything was very dark no. and everything was very dismal. I, uh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. It was horrifying. Um, I watched it constantly and my on a Friday night, <laughs> we, we get pizza and my mom's like, what movie you want? I'm like, The Stranger's Bond. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, that's that was like my rental of choice. Oh, man. Um, I got to tell you, friends, we just took a little break to take a look at Google this. Oh. Welcome to Pooh Corner. Too smart for strangers. Too smart for strangers. The entire thing is on YouTube. It's 40 minutes and it is dark. Woof. And it's real unsettling. Oh my God. And that's what I watched constantly. I that and Cartoon All Stars. <laughs> and um, oh, there's something else. You're the narc. <laughs> I am. I have had, there was a poster, um, there was a poster maybe up in my school, in my high school, mm-hmm. that was like at a rave. And so it's got all the strobe lights and all the, oh, and everyone's word. dancing. And the, the cautionary printing on it was, warning, narcs can dance. Like, <laughs> don't feel safe at a rave. And I thought it was the funniest Wait, shit ever. I don't understand. I guess because like anybody you're hanging out with at a rave could be a narc. Just because they're there dancing doesn't mean that they're down. Well, that's so funny because it sounds like it should be an anti-drug poster. What it is is that it's an anti-narc poster. <laughs> I concur. It's and like, I don't trust that fucker. Put that shit up in my You're going to tell me if you're a cop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, raves. Did you ever go to a rave? This no, is not never. This is ancillary. No. But um, no, no, no. I had. I was sheltered. Oh, same. No, no, no. I was not. Oh, Sheltered man. and feral, but not I would have, wild. Yeah, no, it's a good thing that I was too afraid of drugs at the time. Um, but they, there were ones in big airplane hangars in Florida. So when I was in college, oh I don't, God, like, what? I guess there were empty hangars. I, I don't know. But Florida, what are you doing? Oh, Florida's flirting. <laughs> it's doing what Florida does best. Oh. Um, and kids from my college used to go, like, let's say it was like a 40-minute drive. And they would go and they would party all night. And I remember... They left one of our friends there. Oh, no. They were all too high on whatever it was that they were hiding on. Mm. And they forgot. <laughs> they sure. forgot somebody. Uh, and that's and why an I was airplane like. airplane hangar. In a hangar. And apparently an unsupervised airplane hangar. Which, again, not something that would happen in this day and age. What the what? Can you imagine a, an airplane hangar that was not being watched by someone? No. With it, and not like not watched enough to have like a hundred kids in there and a DJ. <laughs> Although also pretty awesome. Glad you slid that one in before we were in a nanny state. I know all you young kids today. Like uh, the shit that we got away with. The the dangerous 
fun shit. Yeah, but also, you know, things like special things that were not. The, the adults agreed were okay for us. Right. The adults were like, no, this will make them into better humans and won't make them scared of people for the rest of their lives. Hey. <laughs> I was, see, on the other hand, I probably could have used some of that. I was far too trusting of people until like into moving up into New York. I was always like, oh, it's this person had to say to me. Oh my God. But I was so in the same way. That's the, that's the crazy thing that despite the number of times that I watched it and that I watched that tape into the ground. Uh, you learned nothing. I learned nothing. <laughs> yeah. I was still so gullible and so earnest and so golly gee, pie-eyed, mm. like what the what? No, to me, it was just Pooh and Piglet doing a bunch of dances and wow. singing songs about tricky grown-ups. And I'm like, oh, tricksters. But wow. But, yeah. I've said wow so many times in the last <laughs> couple minutes, I can't it's even handle it. It's been an intense couple minutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to. The, I mean, I remember some after-school specials um, that were that of that brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one that I remember the most wasn't a stranger one. It was like the kid didn't call and check in to say where he was going to be. Maybe it was a girl. Um, and so, so she was nowhere to be found. And then the radio station was like. Jessica Hines, you had entered our thing. If you call in the next 20 minutes, then you win $1,000. And the mom's like, oh, no, where's Jessica? She could win all this money. And then the kid comes in later, like, eating a piece of string cheese or something. And she's like, hi, mom, I'm home. And she's like, what happened? Oh, no. Which is, like, not. (laughs) Wait, what's the lesson? That you're supposed to call and check in with your folks if you're not coming straight home from school. That's that's unclear. Yeah. (laughs) unclear i don't get it and i'm 35 yeah i mean i mean part of it is that the whole calling into radio stations thing is it but the kid didn't call into the radio station the radio station said her name out loud right how'd they get her name right did she mail in some box that's some tricky shit that's trick that's rabbit that's right i'll tell you don't trust the tricksters (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i feel like if i had seen that i would have grown up thinking that magicians were going to try to touch me bad Probably. David Copperfields of the world were going to molest me. Look, do they have a good reputation? No. Okay, that's fair. Yep. (laughs) Magicians and clergy. I think... Womp womp. I think, uh, okay, aside from strong recommendations on everything that we have discussed today, Mm -hmm. what do we want to talk about, like, good, wonderful things that people should watch, read, consume, etc.? Oh, from our childhoods? Mm. Or, or uh, I mean, I feel like today would be a great day to say pick up this book because um, it's the shit. Like, I do want to earnestly recommend that. Um, oh, all the Weetsy Bat books. Yeah, yeah. And they are in one collection called Dangerous Angels. Yes. It's all the books. I think one through five or one through four. Yeah, which I, I, finally, I finally own. And I hadn't mm. read some of the ones, that the, the later ones. They're so good. They're so good. And then after that, read Necklace of Kisses. Necklace of kisses. Mm. That's how we became friends. Yep, it is. <laughs> I still never made you that necklace. There's always tomorrow. I can still make you that necklace. Yeah, you totally can. Um, so what we can say in earnest is that anything that we have spoken of can can be recommended. Yes, um, for as, sure. As blast from the past. Yeah. Um, do you have any more blasts from the past? Yeah. So um, this was something. Uh, so a lot of the TV specials were on TV, like after a football game, so that if they cut off the beginning of the Garfield special, who cares? Because it's just kids watching it. 
Nobody cares. Uh, um, but they, yeah, they were they were made for filler basically. But this was a TV special that my dad had taped for me um, without me even knowing it, and then was like, "Look, I got this for you." So the very beginning was a little bit woobly because you know sometimes the tracking's not right on the mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. VCR stuff. It was called Fairies, F A E R I E S, and the, it was um, an entire cartoon by Brian Froud, who did all of the art for Labyrinth. And the pressed fairy book, like all of that world building. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's him oh my too. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is a world where like um uh this young man is going hunting with his family, and he um it, he's like on his horse in a fairy circle and somehow gets sucked into like a magic fairy land and then has to help them over overcome a bad thing, right? Of sure. course, classic yeah, yeah. hero journey. Um, but through there, like he meets kobolds, he meets all of these creepy ass dark creatures. And of course, the fairies are beautiful, beautiful, mm. beautiful. Um, there's a sh- like a shadow monster, and oh, and there's a little puck that follows him around, and he's like very mischievous. Oh, it is. It's only about thirty or forty minutes. I'm certain I've seen this, and now I'm really excited mm-hmm. to watch it again. Amazing. Oh, fuck. I had- oh, um, and this is not necessarily a recommendation, but the um. The, the 80s Alice in Wonderland live action with Carol Channing. I'm so glad you Woo! said it. Have we watched it together? No, but we gotta. Oh my God, how have we not? It's one know. of my favorite things that's ever been interrupting recommendations to talk about this for a moment because, again, jam so tomorrow, fun. jam yesterday. Another jam today. Another massively produced, yes, a, like Thanksgiving weekend Probably. special. You know, with every star under the sun. Oh yeah, in nineteen eighty-five, like everybody. Sid Caesar. Oh my God, it's it's Um, like it's like a USO show. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. It absolutely is, and um, it's uh, it's maybe not the first live version of Alice in Wonderland. Um, but the Jabberwocky that scared the, the jab- piss out of me. They stay true to the book and they go even further. Yeah. And so. Yeah, it's like through the looking glass stuff too. It is. So with through- the like the white knight and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you get, you, you, uh, about midway through it, it's a two-parter. Mm-hmm. I think it was on for two days consecutively. And Alice, um, Alice is confronted with the Jabberwocky, which is a giant, terrifying puppet. It's, it's so real scary. scary. Um, it's so scary. If you have been around for long enough that CGI was not always the only default, <laughs> you remember yeah. how fucking creepy realistic puppetry can be. Mm-hmm. Very convincing. Mm-hmm. And this Jabberwocky was terrifying. It did spew fire. It was huge and glumping and like dark leather plates and just um, it was so and and Alice was actually young and so yeah. terrified. And there is a moment <coughs> mm, right around the midpoint, I think, just when you start part two or maybe when you just leave part one, that Alice is like, I want to go home. I want to go home. And she and she thinks she goes home and she ends up in her house, in her living room. And <gasps> Dinah the it's cat a fake, is there. It's a fake it's ending. fake because it's the mirror world. Oh, what the like fuck? Like Coraline. Ah. Right? It's, like, it's a lot like Coraline. And so she's in her living room and she's, and she's, she, Dinah, the cat comes to her and she's asking to, she's, she's calling for her mother or her sister or something. And from 
behind her oh, from so the scary. stairs. The goddamn Jabberwocky. It was up there. the stairs. It was up. It, it was in her room. Oh. It was in her room. Talk about say no to strangers. Oh. It's terrifying. Oh, it's so scary. It's so But the parts scary. that aren't are so weird and whimsical. They're and otherwise like so weird and whimsical. Goofy. And like Carol Channing is so memorable and is like a USO show. Yes. Carol Channing is a is a vision. She's the white queen, and I forget who's the red queen. I can't remember. I don't right remember. Now. But anyway, the two of them are going at it. They're fighting. <laughs> <laughs> they're fighting. So they're scissoring. Let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so great. Oh my god, somewhere out there is Carol Channing Tribute Porn. <laughs> Somewhere out there. Someone is jacking out to Carol Channing. Give me that slash. <laughs> what a world. What a world. So um, at one point uh, after Carol Channing's big song, she like gets real quiet and real sedate and like gets a creepy look on her face and she goes, better, better. And she turns into a fucking goat. Oh, God. What the what? And she's so creepy before that. Like, her transformation isn't joyous <sighs> or whimsical or anything. It's dark no, it's and sudden. strange. And, and she was, like, someone you felt you could trust until yeah. that happened. Oh, it's so crazy. Right? She just sang Jam Tomorrow, Jam Yesterday. She was rolling around on the chessboard. <laughs> like a weeble wobble. <laughs> it's so unsettling. And then finally, when Alice is... Oh my God, I, wanna, I want to... Drink a lot of coffee and stay up all night and watch everything that we've just talked about. That's what I want to do. That's, what we That's not a do. good idea. I have this DVD, by the way. I have oh, the, I have nice. this Alice DVD. Um, Kay and I have talked about Kay is um, my producing partner for the puppet stuff I do, and uh, one of my closest friends. And she and I have talked at length and watched this together at least once. And we even did a send up in one of our episodes. We did the the we did the shake hands song that is very early on before it gets real bad. Yeah. Um, I only have snapshots of it. I haven't seen it in ages. Oh, I will. I will. Maybe yes, next time. It. It's so Let's good. Do it. And it's very long because it's a it's a two day TV special. Yes. And finally, when Alice, you think she's really been through the fire. She's mm. like the night has found her. She's found. She's fought the unicorns. She's been at the fight with the lion and the unicorn. Um, and finally, at the chessboard, she's selected to go to the castle, and everybody's throwing a big party for for Queen Alice. And then the goddamn Jabberwockies in the castle. No, and it fuck murders that guy. people, and it ruins everything. And it's so ooh, man, the eighties—they were not afraid to kill people in front of children. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. For as much as we can say it was the seventies, like the eighties had so much. Um, so much unsettling. What was happening at that time? A lot of coke. I mean, yeah, Iran and Contra too much and coke. Money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> too exactly. Too much money. <laughs> oh man. Oof. Present, Sorry. Present what's, day recommendations. What's your oh present day? Do oh, we, do we, I don't have any I, right now. Maybe maybe this is our recommendations. Look, you're you're a grown ass adult now. Yes. You can watch and read. These things, and by the way, nothing, nothing by Francesca Leo Block will feel bad. Read Dangerous Angels; it's so good. If you don't read that, read any of her other books; they're also so good. Those are good, feel-good things. Um, Ooh, I have something that is not entirely current, but it's something that I have. It's been on my mind lately because we've been talking so much about Aspic. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> so if you go to candyboots.com, um, uh, this person, uh, I found this like around live journal days. So like early days of the internet when you were, people were still like, go to a website instead uh-huh. of like, here's a Facebook. Um, she found her mom's, I think it's a, she found their mom's Weight Watchers recipe cards from 1974. <gasps> And she just clowns on them like a champ. Yes. And it's so funny. Like <laughs> roast chicken Italian style, but it looks like, ever wonder what the movie Carrie would have <laughs> was cast with chickens? <laughs> so it shows you the picture. It talks about the recipe and there's like oh, macrame no. in oh, so no. many of them. And there's at least three aspect things. Um, yes. Yeah, it's snappy. Snappy mackerel casserole. And it's under a category called convenience fish. I never want fish to be convenient. No, that's not the defining characteristic I want from my seafood. <laughs> Is it good? No, but it's here. Okay, so you will have that many laughs. You will you will laugh like that at every single oh one. Oh my of them. god. It's so funny. I will but like that. That and like <laughs> Sam Irby, like that style of writing sure, like of like acerbic, yeah. Of like, look at this absurd, like definitely. I love it. Oh my god, I love it. That's great. Oh, and to, and its companion Instagram slash Twitter account, Seventies Dinner Party. Find oh, it. Oh, I think you've talked about this to me. Yeah, I totally have. Yeah, it's it's one of my most beloved things online. Is there, is there convenience fish, though? I bet you there is. There are probably, yeah. Ow. I just snort laughed in a way that made me hurt. <laughs> 70s Dinner Party is a great account of um, of recipes from the 70s and early 80s that are absolutely galling. They're really funny and gross and enjoy them. I, I do the... I, Whatever the equivalent of retweeting on Instagram is, I don't repost them, but I put them in my stories constantly. Regram, um, I guess. Yeah, is what I guess. It's called. I storify them. Storify. Don't you miss being bored, though? I do miss being bored because I feel like I had better ideas when I was bored, That's and now like I'm scientifically proven never bored. I guess we could make ourselves bored. I do sometimes. It's a good thing for you. It's good for your brain. Yeah, yeah. I leave the house with nothing but my keys. Ooh. You just went around for a while. Not I in the like cold. That. Not right now. Yeah, no. That's a, that's I like a, that, that's though. A, that's great. Mm-hmm. Ooh. That's a good idea. Yeah. Maybe try that. Yeah. Maybe try. Maybe Let's all do that for 10 minutes this week. Get bored. Leave your place with just your keys. Go have an adventure. But say no to strangers. No to strangers. Say no to strangers. We love you. This was a hug for your ears. Yay. From us here at All the Fucks. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for letting us hug your ears here on All the Fucks. Leave us a message at anchor.fm slash all the fucks, or you can find us on Twitter at Fucks Podcast, on Facebook at all the F.CKS, or on Instagram at all the F.CKS pod. Thanks so much for listening. Next time on All the Fucks. I wish someone could make an edited version of it without the barfing on it. I'll do that for you. Yay! I can totally do that for you. Thanks. My skill set includes. <laughs> Put that on your LinkedIn. I can edit the barf out of anything. Barf removal. Oh no, I'm gonna get so much. Not barf. No.
<laughs> no. Oh, no. Um, oh, I'm going to have to have that sawdust everywhere. <laughs> what the fuck was that about? 